Hello and welcome to Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. I'm Poppy. And I'm Luke. And for this episode, we watched Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Yeah, so Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, starts with... A budget. Mystery Inc. are famous. Exactly. Oh, and really yeah. rich. Yeah. And they, they have a whole museum like dedicated to their stuff. It's it's pretty cool. And a mystery Ooh. machine limo. Who taxes paid for this? Well, that's no. why uh, all the ghosts try and haunt them. They're like, <laughs> I'm the janitor and I dressed up as this vulture thing. It was because all of my taxpayers' money went to this fucking museum. The true monster really is capitalism. Exactly. Every time... Right, like, we can wrap like, up this episode already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've worked it out. Bye, guys. <laughs> Returning listeners to the pod will know that the person behind the monster is always a man in a mask, but the monster behind the man is always capitalism. Also, Scooby has fur now. Yes, he's like slightly yeah. better animated in this one. Not that he was badly animated in the first one, but still. Yeah, they still keep the cartoony feel yeah. um, and color, which is good. The references are accurate for first foes as well. Like, the first episode of Scooby-Doo that aired in, like, 1970 was the Black Knight as the bad guy. It's like, I rate that. So, their red carpet outfits for the museum opening, why are they all so ugly? Because they have to be a specific colour, I guess. Yeah. They're all <laughs> they have so to ugly. Still. <laughs> Even some... Daphne's. Yeah. She's the most gorgeous actress, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and they put her in this big, fluffy, feathered purple outfit. Disgusting. I mean, it was very 2004, though. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Seen the clothing from 2004 red carpet? They look like that. I most certainly have, yeah. I didn't factor that into account, that's true. Uh, the fans, welcome to the only instance of the weed zone in this movie because they actually made it for kids this time round. Yeah, uh, this film had a lot more actively made for children a feel to it. Yeah. Shaggy picks out his fans by smell. Yep. Melt <laughs> nose up to the air, sniffs in, and turns towards a bunch of really obviously baked people yeah great detail i loved the bit where um scooby is like talking to his fans too and it's just the dogs with the subtitles yeah <laughs> yes. it's like sniff my butt <laughs> great seth green is in this one yeah, um, yeah. He, he's fantastic and deeply unnecessary um <laughs> <laughs> as he is in most of the film he's in once again, why are you giving a male love interest to Velma? We all know. Even her fans, actually. Yeah. Heavily coded fans. Where I half remember this film, I was hopeful that, you know, Velma wasn't just going to be, like, going for a love interest. Kind of busy not being into dudes. Yeah. Alas. No, they had to do it. Alicia Silverstone's in this one as well. Love mm -hmm. her. Big yep. fan of Clueless, yeah. so like seeing her and the uh, the villain that shows up, Peak Camp, loved it. Incredibly, that was probably the campest villain I've ever seen in in a Scooby Doo. I Mystery Incorporated. Hair, <laughs> big big cloak, little silver and black. Oh, it was amazing. That mask would, would have been expensive to design and heavy, heavy to move in. Why? It's just hit me. How do so many of them fly? 
so easily when no one else seems to have a handle on that because you have the pterodactyl who uh, even as a guy it shows you in, in the flashback just had the ability to fly built a wingsuit to escape prison yeah there was a dude in a helium suit maybe that was in the first one yeah that was the uh the lunar ghost in the first one and then you have this villain, the main villain of, of scooby-doo too she also can just fly. Why? Oh, How they, you... they only sort of fly by as the pterodactyl ghost flies past them, they grab onto the rope. I don't know if they can properly fly. Well, no, because in the flashback, he's outside, like stealing money from the bank. He didn't set up that pulley system and no one noticing. Are the Coolsville police just really bad? I, I took it to ever see I mean, there are no Coolsville police. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen Coolsville police. No wonder there's so many villains in Coolsville. There's no police. There's just some kids and a dog. <laughs> I mean, police don't solve crimes anyway, but Coolsville police extra don't. <laughs> why, did, why does Fred say, oh, Coolsville can protect itself? It clearly can't, and it's got no... No one's trying to deal with these people primary tension with this is that Shaggy and Scooby feel that they don't actually, they're finally having the crisis that everyone else had at the beginning of the first film. Yep. The entire <laughs> film later. It's because everyone talks down to them. They feel like they, they don't contribute anything. And they overhear the rest of the group saying like, oh, we shouldn't have left, left them in charge of everything. To be Which fair, they, they are kind of valid in saying that. No, it's true, but <laughs> mean. And also in that scene when they're in their headquarters and they've got the nice flooring with their logo on, the worst bit of animation in the whole film, in both films, in the whole franchise, is the logo is very clearly animated in because there are no shadows on it, but there are shadows around it. That and a little detail dug into my brain and I will never forget. So, why is Mystery Inc. HQ amazing? Just so the much. most, like, 2000s pad that it's I have so ever good. seen. so <laughs> good. So many retro vibes. Everywhere's colour-coordinated. I loved it. They let Daphne design it, I think. Yeah. I fully believe that Daphne designed it. That makes sense. I bet, like, none of the cupboards are actually that nice to open. It's unusable. Actually, no, I imagine the kitchen is great. Because Shaggy and Scooby would have had it no other way. The kitchen is the best room. The fridges alone, thousands of pounds. Thousands, thousands of dollars. Coolsville bucks. I don't know what they use in Cool. I don't know where Coolsville is. There's way more orchestral cues in this movie and way less bowling for soup as a part of the soundtrack. I kind of missed that. I wish Scooby-Doo 2 had more of like a pop style soundtrack because it did have a band. I have no idea who they are, but it had like a... They had Black Eyed Peas, didn't they? Was it Black Eyed Peas? It was very 2004, so... Yeah, probably I, Black Eyed Peas. Don't know. Yeah, because when the ones that were playing in that um in the bar when they go in, I I didn't think it was Black Eyed Peas, but I couldn't. The villain was Black Eyed Peas. But yeah, so this the main story of this one is the monsters are real. They're not people in masks anymore, and all of the monsters in the museum come to life and are real, and they don't understand it. And it makes them look like stupid in front, look stupid in front of the press. And there, there is a kind of like hint at the press. The, the specific member of the press that interviewed them is deliberately cutting them out of like context. I think Coolsville sucks. Coolsville can look after itself and stuff to like 
do some reputation damage. So, like, they make their way to the the Wickles Mansion to yeah. look for clues. Where can I get that doorbell that says, you're trespassing, leave or pay the price? <laughs> and then just the most <laughs> and elaborate... And then opens to a trapdoor. <laughs> yeah, the most elaborate trapdoor thing that I've ever seen. Favourite bit of environmental storytelling from that mansion is that Mr. Wickles had four decades queued up on his gramophone baby got back yeah baby got back on a vinyl was incredible <laughs> right at yeah. the point where the verse starts so he set that up before he went off to do crimes which he was caught for and went to prison for and that had been sitting there queued up ready for when he got back to just blast the tunes yeah <laughs> ready for storytelling it. If you're a genius inventor, that's what you do. Yeah, so they end up in, in the sort of trapdoor and then get to one of my favourite jokes from the movie, which was when uh, they look over and there's like the Girl Scout and then the Jehovah's Witnesses and they're like, did you hear the good news? And Scooby's like, yeah, there's cookies. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah, a good okay. joke. <laughs> that may be the best joke in the entire season. Also, is he kidnapping people? I, I I don't know how long they'd been there. I think there'd be skeletons in there if they'd been. Well, no, they have cookies. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, they'll be all right. Yeah, they can get by. The, the animation during that rolling cage scene, I, I want the listeners to go and frame advance it because it's fucking beautiful. You yeah. get the opportunity to see Velma looking like every goth Twitter ever mm -hmm. and Daphne in orb mode and also Matthew Lillard as this like he, he looks flat. He looks like he has no depth. <laughs> it's incredible. Please frame advance that listeners. Do it. Yeah, that whole bit where they're investigating the house was kind of weird. Shaggy and Scooby trying to find all the clues and like looking at like journal do not read, like secret plan files. And yes. Stuff and just, like, <laughs> not reading any of it and just yeah. like grabbing a stuff clue. they wanted instead. That's well, a toilet Sco brush. <laughs> Scooby's a dog and can't read. Scooby dooby doo. Yeah. Why is it a clue? Because you can sing into it. So, um,. The Black Knight ghost eventually shows up and mm. has a face-off with some of the gang. Can we talk about the iconicness of Sarah Michelle Gellar disrobing from her hip-length button-down cardigan with no sleeves to reveal a t-shirt with her own face on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And then kicking him to his response of, right in the round tables... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he has no body. You can put a spear right through him, but you're telling me there's a nutsack in there? Yeah. <laughs> his entire body is stored in his balls. Most people just store their pee there, but um, the Black Knight specifically stores his entire body in his balls for extra like strength. Like Samson. Yeah. Also, the Black Knight is incredibly witty and sarcastic, and it's great because there's yeah. no need for him to be like that. He could have just been a villain, but they're like, no, he's going to make sassy remarks <laughs> as he fights, which is great. And I like the, the villains in, in Monsters Unleashed 2, which is kind of the point of them. They're great. Yeah, the villains are a lot great. of fun. They, they make this. And it, it's a little bit further into the movie than I remember that you get a lot of the other sort of villains coming back but yeah because before then we get they after they find all the clues there they go back to their, their little like hq and they're getting ready and then seth green shows up again and velma has to become sexy velma and by that i mean oh. she wears imagine if celine in underworld was in bright fucking orange <laughs> the sexy velma scene made me 
uncomfortable. It made Seth Green uncomfortable. Linda Cardellini looked uncomfortable. I bet she was so warm. I want to point out that like Daphne went to help her out yeah. and obviously had that orange, if I'm <laughs> orange, jumpsuit saved and ready. Like yeah. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> you reckon she has a suit like that for all of them, colour-coded, just in case they want to dress sexy? The green one for Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> green later. <laughs> I, I, I will say I did really enjoy the bit where she's coming downstairs and she goes, who's your mommy? And Seth Green kind of incredulously goes, my mommy? <laughs> <laughs> so good. As audience stand-in in that moment, like really good decision to have that line. But also they could have made her a lesbian and done a very similar scene. James Gunn explicitly wrote her in a lesbian in the first screenplay. He's confirmed it. And then the network got him to cut it back. Cowards. Well- Scooby-Doo's always had had like a history of trying really hard to not make their characters look gay and then accidentally making their characters look gay. So at one point in the cartoons, it shows them, they're like, oh, these people have to live together, but they can't all live in the same house. That doesn't make sense. Also, they're roommates with each other. So you have Daphne and Velma as roommates and Shaggy and Fred as roommates. And they don't look like roommates and they don't interact with each other like roommates. They just look like two couples. They were roommates. (laughs) And it's incredible. They were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Because it just looks like they're two couples hanging out. And the company is trying so hard to not make it look like that. And I couldn't be happier. And I was so disappointed, kind of disappointed in the film that they didn't just run with it. Cowards. Um, Cowards. Like... Make Velma gay and make Daphne bi. I know she's not canonically, but she there's no She has very bisexual it. energy. She does. So did I laugh at the low effort Velma's catsuit making fart noises bit? Yes. Yes. Of course I did. <laughs> we all did. Everyone yeah, does. It was great. My, my particular laugh, though, was not at Velma's farting catsuit, but at Daphne regretting her decisions in the van. Yes. <laughs> Just like Daphne's like, oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> so to add to the the fun, there's a villain bar. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, Scooby's 70s disco villain disguise. The Iconic, baby. honestly. <laughs> Amazing. Delivering the line, hello, baby. Like, <laughs> why did... um, We love a group dance scene. It was fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Why did they both dress like they were from the 70s? Why was that their, their go-to, oh, this is how villains dress? <laughs> None of the villains dress like that. I enjoyed the slow-mo shot of um, Scooby's afro flying into that guy's meal (laughs) (laughs) and um, the bit where they they only recognize that it's shaggy when he removes his hat yeah (laughs) and his gold tooth yeah because he's unrecognizable with the gold tooth i also i like that they scooby-doo is like six foot tall which makes sense he's a great dane but even like great danes aren't well no some of them can be i have incidentally watched the behind the scenes footage of the villain bar scene mm. uh, a long time ago i didn't watch it this time around but the the disco scooby outfit was actually real from like the neck down mm-hmm. completely real non-cgi and then they just added the head in that is um, pretty amazing actually. yeah <laughs> that must have been terrifying to look at absolutely i'll see if i can i can find the video later because it's absolutely terrifying yeah let's have a villain rundown cool let's have a bad guy mashup so there's the black tar guy 
Yeah, uh, there's awakening the... things in weird parts of the internet. <laughs> there's the yeah. t- is it the ten thousand volt goes some ten thousand volt yeah, goes yes. Volt there's goes. so this is one they have to shout out for one of our listeners, Amy, who just fucking loves minor forty nine er and told me mm-hmm. to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, talk about the minor forty nine er. There's the there's the little skeleton dudes with the one eye mm-hmm. each. Um, there's the pterodactyl ghost. Ter- pterodactyl ghost. Yeah, that's the, the one. Black and the black knight. knight. Yeah. What was the zombie one? The vomiting zombie. Yeah. Oh. What was that one called? Oh yeah, I can't remember the name of that one. I didn't <laughs> catch his name. Because that one was my favourite. For some reason, it kept getting stuck with the driving jobs, <laughs> and it doesn't look like it should be able to drive. Yeah, no, he really he doesn't look like he has any peripheral vision, and it doesn't look like he can turn his neck. No, why do they keep making him drive big trucks? <laughs> because it looks funny. So Daphne immediately place. clocks Alicia Silverstone as the villain, and it's only because she has a henchman that she's she sort of thinks that she's incorrect. Yeah, so, because there's the the scene where she is actually on on the scene, and then the villain shows up anyway, and it's like it's a good sort of misdirect because the other misdirect is making you think that Seth Green is the villain. Uh, no, yeah. he's just trying to start a child mind. He's getting the business people in. The pitch was we make a theme park, but it's actually just a mine where we have the children pay to mine. Yeah, us. that's not better. Maybe <laughs> they should stop him as well. But they're not. He's not a ghost, so the mystery ink can't do anything about him until. So he starts terrorizing a school nearby. Honestly, any crimes done without a costume are outside of Mystery Inc.'s jurisdiction. Yeah, he needs to go terrorize a local school dressed as a ghost before they can really do anything about him. So everyone stumbles across the monster lab. Yeah. Seth Green is mad suspicious. He's actually well, very suspicious to the point where I was kind of like, would a lot of his actions make sense? If he weren't the villain, which he's not. And the answer is not really. (laughs) No, because there's no real reason for him to be there, is it? No. And why was he? He was really shaking down that guy. Mm. Yeah. And why was he in the basement when Velma falls through? Exactly, with that weird sort of shrine to the other guy. (laughs) Yeah. Why was he in there? Was he the villain all along and they just missed it? Honestly, well played. Uh, yeah, genius power move. Because there's no reason for it. There's no non-villainous reasons for him to be doing all that stuff. Is, is, he, is Seth Green the bad guy? So we we get during this scene the bit where Shaggy and Scooby are going through a fridge with different vials of mystery liquid, yeah. and we get a scene which I certainly suppressed the memory of until this rewatch, where Shaggy. Has a female body from the neck down. Shaggy's yep. <laughs> big transgender moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for her. Scooby-Doo 2 said trans rights. <laughs> uh, Poppy, I want to put a pin in that for later. Yeah, that is a good point. There is a little bit later on, which is... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not... A pin. Yeah. A pin has been placed. Yeah. Um, and so also, um, Shaggy's pecs, like himbo Shaggy. is. So, yeah. <laughs> Why did Scooby have to return them back to normal? I can't think we have to go back to normal. Why? You do it. You're clever. It's Surely buff Shaggy is more useful. Yeah. Actual Shaggy. Kind of the point of the films, but he's useless. Int was his dump stat during the buff Shaggy scenes. Um, Did it make him stupider, or is that just Shaggy? He just focused the stupid. What was left of his brains were in his pecs, and just absolutely massive donk. Yeah. (laughs) He did not skip leg day either. And all of that was Scooby is having an existential crisis because they made him clever. 
finally he understands, and that's the big, biggest curse he has ever made. It's like flowers for, for Algernon, <laughs> very briefly. Um, Scooby. It was like kind of intense as a moment for Scooby, where he was like, oh, I miss the days. Uh, be, knowing, being able to know is horrible. I want to go back to eating dog treats. And, <laughs> like, All right, Scooby, calm down. <laughs> Funny Scooby moment. I want to go back to not knowing about life. Pretty dark. Um, oh, me too. So they, well, they they take the control for the monster machine and it looks like some kind of sci-fi bop it. <laughs> yeah. And everything, the monsters are going ham at this point. Um, yeah. Shaggy and Scooby eat a sentient being. Yeah, that's kind of horrifying. We missed the scene where Shaggy ride a dustbin lid down a hillside. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, returning listeners to the pod will know that Shaggy skated regular footed in the first movie. He's bombing it down a hill, so you want to be skating with the same footing. He's goofy footed in this movie. His right foot is forward. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. Two yeah. out of three. right. Let's just end it now, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, just four skate wheels out of mm. ten. This is the kind of thing that once you once you learn those things as a skateboarder, like movies break you because mm. between movies they change stunt actors and stunt actors use different feet forward for when they're on skateboards and snowboards and stuff. But yeah, we've skipped forward a little because yep. we have the old clubhouse. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Hatching yeah. a plan. Where they use technology they had, presumably as teenagers, that's been there In the since then to reverse engineer this monster um, controlling yeah. device i uh, i very much enjoyed them using the monster controlling device as a frisbee beautifully um foreshadowed by the uh child actor frisbee scene yes with, with the adult voices as overdubs yeah oh yeah <laughs> during this whole time we have from the black knight i quote directly woo, you touched my inner child <laughs> he did he did say that didn't he <laughs> he said oh you've touched my inner child and then he goes well, now i'm angry <laughs> yeah that whole fight scene between those two and the two ghosts was wild because like yeah she tried to punch the electric ghost and got launched so far yeah <laughs> and is fine your brain would be scrambled egg First of all, 10,000 volts got in your ear. Hot meat cooked. D gone. And Fred's just been hit by a ghost horse. In a motorbike jousting. Oh, yeah, yeah where they have fucking Bon Jovi as the theme. <laughs> I loved that. That, I was, that was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And then the way that they defeat those two monsters, those two ghosts, Daphne turns to Fred and says something like, Remember when you used to wear that jumper? And then we used, and we used to watch cable all the time. Yes. And I was just saying, like, just tell him that there's jumper cables yeah. there. But why did she have to make up a big thing? What? Just there are jumper cables, grab them. Were the ghosts going to go? Was she worried the ghosts were going to go for them first? And then once again, the Black Knight ghost gets in the, in the balls. shocked in the balls. Yeah. Whereas the, the 10,000 bolt ghost had a bit of metal shoved through him. Yeah, metal pole jammed through with jumpers on it, which then um, connected to the, the 10,000 volt ghost directly into the balls of the Black Knight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Weird that they picked that as a weak spot. It's <laughs> funny, though. Um, do you reckon one of the balls was quite positively charged and the other one negative, so they were stuck <laughs> together really hard? Oh, no. 
So so then we get to the bit where they're um they're inside fighting the black tar monster. A review I saw online and this movie awakened my tar monster fetish five stars. Because <laughs> 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 they're, they're sort of frisbeeing this one thing together that they need and then they're all slowly being defeated by the black tar monster. And then they surf for a bit. Yeah, they, they have the cool the the rad scene. Luke, yeah. I feel like you might have something to say about this. I'm or... pretty sure, uh, if I remember rightly, Scooby skates regular footage, uh, regular footed in this movie. Well, yeah, he's um, a dog. What do you expect? He, but he <laughs> doesn't skate in the first movie, and he skates just like uh, Hang Ten, so feet together for the uh, trash can lid. So I don't have another reference. But mm. there is some, there is some cool like half pipe shit going on that I don't think they mo capped. It doesn't look like stuntman mocap. It looks like a cartoon, which like good choice for Scooby. So I've just remembered. How were these ghosts real? Uh, randomonium. Yeah, randomonium. Apparently, a silver byproduct. Is it just a nothingness answer? Yeah, and uh, randomonium in the Necronomicon. You know, just normal shit. Just like I've got three in the flat. Randomoniums or Necronomicons? Yes. <laughs> okay, could make some great monsters. So yeah, so they kill the black tar. I almost said heroin. (laughs) God, that'd be a very different movie. (laughs) Very different. Um, So they kill the black uh, monster, and I can't. I just this film is a mess in my brain, and I can't work out the story in my head, and I don't know why. We have the unmasking of yes, the um, the unmasking of the villain, and it being Heather, the TV presenter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and followed by the unmasking of Heather, the TV presenter, to be yeah. the, the guy from Holes, Jacobo, who yeah. is so irrelevant to the story at this point. I don't think we even mentioned him yet. Yeah. But he was the original pterodactyl ghost. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he did as the pterodactyl ghost, but they seem to have locked him up in some sort of Alcatraz-style prison. <laughs> the only thing we saw was a flashback where he stole some money from a bank. Yeah, and then um, there was. Uh, there was, yeah, the point where um, you find out that the camera guy, the assistant, had gotten into the suit at one point as well, and that's why yeah. it was, was a mislead. Like, two people in the suit? What is this, Scream? Um, I feel like I'm not getting across how enthusiastic I am about this fucking twist that Heather was Jacobo the whole time. No. Sixth Sense, who? Do you know Do you know why we didn't haven't mentioned Jacobo yet? Because they put so much effort into making Seth Green the villain yes. and making him look like the villain that it doesn't make sense for anyone else to be the villain. We also get the really grim transphobia mm. here in this scene with the unveiling oh, yes. of like that was a dude but we cuddled um, and so unfortunately Shaggy's big transgender moment which once again really happy for her is thoroughly cancelled out in this movie yeah, and that was yeah. just yeah, just kind of grim to watch. <laughs> Should have just made Seth Green the villain. Yeah, honestly. Would have made a lot of sense, yeah. Because Jacobo, uh, d- yeah, he was the pterodactyl ghost. Uh, he tried to escape prison by jumping out of the Alca- Alcatraz for stealing some money. He stole uh, Old Man Withers' part in My Fair Lady, which yeah. was one of the bits of foreshadowing that adds to the grimness. And then he jumped out of the building, survived, and stayed quiet. Apart from being on the front page of a newspaper in a photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a year and after some... he supposedly died. Somehow found a human mask. Because again, 
very similar to you would have heard me mention it in the, the last week's episode. The mask that they use is very horrifyingly realistic and like rubbery. As Heather, she gives very prominent news coverage and is it, like she's got prime time television spot. Okay. So he would yeah. have presumably had to work his way up. This yeah, is the long con. We so they, also they, then have Daphne and Fred kiss again, and yep. it feels even more unearned than it was. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> somehow, this one was even worse. Well, yeah, because like, it, it they're didn't. Kiss again. Why? Well, what I, happened between the first and the second movie as well? Were they I, together this whole time? I never got that vibe. I, I think the reason it feels less earned and it doesn't feel earned in the first one is because at least the first one had horny moments, whereas this one fit just it's just devoid of life. It's just like, well, we're at the end of the movie and there isn't a kiss. And there needs to be a kiss. Fred and Daphne can kiss again, I guess. Yeah, because the only people that can kiss are Seth Green and Velma. Shaggy doesn't have anyone to kiss this time. Scooby. Scooby, but no. <laughs> I don't think that this movie's brave enough for that. Maybe would have gotten away with it in one. If it wasn't for those meddling kids. It was probably in one at some point, let's be honest. It wouldn't have got cut out. So uh, the movie redeems itself from the transphobic ending with another synchronized dance sequence. We also get the best role name in the credits, which was Vomit Reporter. <laughs> an important job. It's an important job. You don't want that vomit to not be reported on. Do they report on the vomit or are they vomiting? I believe they were vomited on. Yeah, like having your IMDb credits being like Scooby-Doo, Monsters Unleashed, 2004, Vomit Reporter. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be an amazing credit. <laughs> that, that would be every single thing I owned would have that on it. I want that to be my only acting credit. Be on my business card, be on my Twitter, be on everything. Yeah, I don't know if you know, I'm kind of a big deal in the in the acting community. A bit of a big deal in the film, specifically in the film. <laughs> Scooby uh, Doo, Two Monsters Unleashed. I was the reporter that got vomited on. I'm, I'm, I'm basically the uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio of um, reporters mm. getting vomited on. I almost won an Oscar for it. If it wasn't for those meddling, <laughs> <It did>. <laughs> <laughs> I would have got an Oscar too. <laughs> did even the Scooby Doo films ever win an Oscar? Because I really hope they did, and I, I aware that they didn't. It just being referred to as Oscar-nominated Scooby-Doo 2 <laughs> Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> yeah, it just proof more proof that the Oscars are rigged. Best Supporting Actor for Vomit Reporter. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, for the first one, Freddie Prince Jr. won a Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actor. Nice. I don't think that's fair. This won a Razzie Award in 2005 for Worst Remake or Sequel. That is, that is pretty... <laughs> no, that's it, it was not well-received, particularly when it came out. I feel no. like a lot of the love it's got is from rewatches from people who had a lot of nostalgia yeah. for it yeah so exactly. just this podcast then yeah basically yeah. yeah like as the only rewatching media podcast that exists <laughs> yeah we're, we're... i'm sorry only one of two podcasts to exist yeah there's two podcasts yeah. about movies we're one of them so i just looked it up and in 2004 the best picture winner was lord of the rings return of the king so oh, no, i no, feel no. like it holds up as like another robbed fantastic sequel <laughs> I mean, fair. Honestly, the Return of the King could have won that Razzie. So, out of ten, how many monsters would you unleash for this movie? <laughs> I think it's seven and a half. How many? Uh, how many out of ten thousand volt ghosts? <laughs> how, how, yeah. How, how many, many out of ten uh, black knight balls would you? Say? <laughs> 
on, honestly, given that I gave the previous movie a seven, this one can't score higher than a six and probably closer to a five or a four for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, just some of the grim transphobia just kind of really sours it. Um, I think I would give it a six. I did enjoy the movie. I still laughed a lot at it. I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. I feel like this one was probably more fun in some aspects and better tailored to children. But that's mm. kind of what I like about the first one, that the um, the, way the tone is kind of janky and all over the place. Uh, the yeah. pacing as well is more janky in the first one. This one... Yeah felt like pretty cookie cutter in that way i'd say i'll give it a six or seven it feels too clean to be a scooby-doo movie mm -hmm. but only compared to the first scooby-doo movie like honestly if they'd gone hornier like it just feels too clean if it feels like a bit messier it would have been great but it was just too it's very just make seth green the don't put that much effort into making Seth Green the villain. Yeah, explicitly that... give me cock and ball torture Black Knight ghost instead <laughs> of just implying it. Also, make Velma a lesbian. Just make Velma gay once, please. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't know. I, I genuinely did enjoy this one more than the first one. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Like, I would probably give it a nine. I, mean... I, I, it might be a lot more nostalgia for me. I feel like this one. I... I'd... Give Very it a nine of forty-nine. Yes, nine of forty-nine. That is that is uh, my score for this we're, one. We're we're pretty solidly split because I'm like I'm thinking five thousand volt ghosts at best. Don't don't get me wrong; it was entertaining to watch, but like. Yeah, it feels very 2004. Yeah, it's definitely like, a product of its time. Yeah, it's somehow, same. this one felt more of a two thousands film than the first film. Given that the first film was full of 2000s music, this one somehow with its orchestral cues felt more dated. Yeah. It's okay, Dan. Some of us can be wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because I'm a guest on your podcast and you use my music, but you oh, are wrong. Don't worry, Luke. I can tell him he's wrong. <laughs> so far, I've been on every episode. <laughs> that is that is a fair point. Well, I guess I've been kicked off this podcast. I'll see you guys around. Uh, for the final Dan. time, I've been down. <laughs> it's mine now it's all mine i have been michael king of the podcast your scooby-doo villain origin story <laughs> we're gonna come back there's gonna be a new host next week at the end it's gonna be unmasked and it was just me the whole time <laughs> As a go it would be the worst unmasking because all you'd hear is rubber being pulled <laughs> <laughs> Scooby-Doo unmasking ASMR <laughs> <laughs> That would be bad uh. So anyway, I've been Michael I've been Poppy uh, I've been Luke, the new runner of this podcast <laughs> And yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Hilton Pod. that is at H-I-L-T-M pod and if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be great And Luke, would you like to promote your music as Hello, you make the, the music? music. I do the music for this podcast. Specifically, the music in this podcast is from my album 5B, Breathing Exercises for an Injury, which you can find at themenace.bandcamp.com. I'm The Menace on Twitter. There is sometimes stuff on Spotify, but they don't pay you a lot. So go find it on Bandcamp instead. Cheers. Monsters Unwished. Oh, no, 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 no,